Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fervent Four Show. A little different look today. We're uh, we're missing some folks. We're missing Zach. Uh, Zach had to bow out for this episode. So it was originally going to be me uh, interviewing Jeff Johnson for episode 117. Uh, but then Jeff ended up getting uh, catching something overnight. So... Wishing uh, Jeff a speedy recovery. We have already uh, we're already working on getting him rescheduled. So I was just going to uh, chat with you all, take some questions, see if we can do some some chatting. It's just a, one of those things. This being episode 117, we often talk about uh, the power of streaks on the show, and um, it's really yeah, that it's really really powerful. Zach likes to mention that I haven't missed a day of running uh, in eight years. Uh, and I just, I have more streaks than I care to admit that I have. And, and now one of those streaks is the Fervent Four show. Uh, this this being episode 117. Looking back, uh, the only time that we would ever miss a Thursday would be like Thanksgiving. Uh, since obviously Thanksgiving is, is every Thursday. So I just didn't have it, uh, didn't have it in me to, to miss a week. So uh, I'll be flying solo today. So if you have any questions, let me know. But I wanted to touch on some some things that uh, the people continue to talk to me about, or I have conversations about uh, certainly this ecosystem, the 757 Hampton Roads, uh, you know, what we call ourselves, how that's nationally recognized or lack thereof, all things that need to be uh, answered. But there, there's a few few things that uh, that come into play over and over and over again, and just wanted to touch on that. And, and one of those is a lot of people will talk to me about Tim. What is it? What does it take to be an investable company? And I, I see a pattern here. And one of the things that happens is, uh, you know, a lot of people will get really they'll they'll get down on this area, uh, and and then they'll want to leave. And I, one of the things that I can tell you is that this area is, is really, really thirsty for a winning company. And we are, if you, this is a, a great opportunity for you to be a really, uh, to be a big fish in a smaller pond. And you need to be able to, if, if you can't be that bigger fish and you can't learn to survive in the smaller pond, then, um, you're going to have a lot more challenges the trying to survive. If you were to move to a place like Miami or Austin, San Francisco, uh, I mean, it's just, it's going to be that much more competitive. And that's one of the things that I see that's, that is, that's missing in this area is that lack of, of hustle, the lack of just working as many hours as you can to get ahead of one another. We, we, we're just at a slower pace here. And with that uh, opportunity tends to, to pass founders by tends to pass us by. So that, that would be one thing that I really would like to see increase in this area is the amount of hustle that people have just really, really hunger, hungry to capture that market share and do the things that they need to do in order to be that an investable company. So when I hear and when I talk to people about why they get uh, down on this area, because there's not, there's not enough money. Uh, yeah. There's just, people aren't here that are writing checks. There's a lot of money here. Um, 
the the, the real question that people don't really want to, to look at. They want they don't look at themselves in the mirror. They don't ask themselves what is what, what what problem am I solving? Am I solving the right problem? Am I solving something that's big enough that people want to that are willing to pay to have that pain point solved? Or two, uh, you know, do investors see that as a problem that I'm I'm willing to invest in to help solve that problem? But if you look at the most successful companies that we have in this area. And then if you look at the companies that are not successful in this area, and by say not successful, they're struggling to gain that traction. They're struggling to get those uh, those meetings with investors. If we can compare and contrast those two uh, two aspects that, you know, that's let's, let's go through this this flywheel that I'm going to briefly discuss about uh, talk about. And one of it, one of the things is. So many companies, they're trying to raise money, but they don't have they don't have a product yet. And it's really it's going to be really, really difficult for you to raise money if you don't have a product. So if you think about if you are going to buy a house or if you're going to buy anything, you, you need to see something. You need to see more than just a blueprint of a home or a building. You have to have something that investors are going to know that this is what I have. This is what I am going to be selling. This is the pain point that it solves. This is what's going to, this is how we're going to change the world. And so many people, they don't have that product yet. And it's okay to have that MVP, the minimal viable product, but that, that MVP, that needs to be good enough to at least solve that problem. So if you're a SaaS company, as software as a service, and you're looking to solve a pain point, it's okay if it's not automated yet. And if you're doing things off of an Excel spreadsheet, or if you have a notepad, and then you're writing everything down on a notepad, and then you move everything to an Excel spreadsheet, and then you're gaining the traction that's needed so that you can go to investors, it totally changes the paradigm of the conversation when you say, hey, this is where we're at. This is how many people that are waiting for uh, on our waiting list. And we can't keep up with the demand. That's very different than saying, hey, I need $5 million so that I can do this, but I have no idea if it's going to work or not. Those are two different conversations. So you need to focus on getting that product out the door and uh, it's, it's don't wait get that product out. People know that it's going to be a continuous improvement process. Talk about what uh, the, this is version one and don't get stuck on trying to pack every single feature into that first version we know that this there's going to be a product evolution. You're going to continuously improve this product, but get that product out the door. So one, you need to make sure you have the product. In order to make that product, typically you need a team. And so many people are either a, a single founder or they don't have the team in place in order to be successful. So you have to have that team. Uh, one of the biggest selling points that people will have right out of the gate is that they will have uh, investors will look to see if you have a co-founder or not. The first, the first person that you need to be able to sell your product or your vision of the company would be to establish that co-founder. Um, and I'm not saying that you have to go into a company and split the company up 50, 50. I'm just saying that you need to be able to have that person that buys into your vision, that's going to work those long hours with you 
and then you're going to offset your talents. So when you're out there hiring people, you know, a lot of people, it's really easy for them to go out and hire people that think like them, have the same skill sets, you know, take the, look at what you have, determine what is missing, and then hire to offset your weaknesses. Bring someone on board to offset those weaknesses so that you can round out that team. Because the thing is uh, that, that we all know, and if you've been in this game for a long time, is that the highs are really high, the lows are really low. And everything is great when, every, when you're on the up and up. However, having that team with you to bring you up during those dark times, it is really, really, it is just something that you need to have. And so from, if you look at everything from an investor point of view and you're just doing this solo, you're only going to be able to take that so far. It's only going to be so many days or so many months into this process until you get punched in the face. And how are you going to respond to that? How are you going to get back up, dust yourself off and keep on pushing? So recapping where we are so far, if you are a startup, you need to have that product. You need to have a team to help you with that. And then with that, you, you also need to have customers. And there's a difference between users and customers. Customers need to be willing to, they're paying for that service. Users are people that you may give a free pro promo code to, you may give them free access to, but you have to have customers on that platform. And what that does is that creates a flywheel that you can use to benefit your business. It's going to expand your business and it's gonna help you when you reach out to those investors to get that meeting. So you have a great team, they're building a great product. That product is delighting customers. And then in turn, those customers, that's generating revenue so that you can reinvest that revenue back into your team and back into your product. And then you continue to improve that process over and over and over again. And the, as that as that flywheel continues to spin, that's that's when you need to start making sure that you are capturing all of the information. This is the data that you need. We started at zero. After after the first month, we had this many customers. We generated this much revenue. And then over time, month over month, this is where I am. We went from X number of users to Y number of users uh, or customers. We went from this amount of revenue to that amount of revenue. And if you can chart that growth month over month over month, and there is that growth, then you're gonna be capturing the attention of the people that you need to capture the attention for, uh, which leads into, uh, Investor updates. Investor updates is one of the things that I I love to see investor updates because it's just reassuring to know that the business is going in the right direction. And so, there's so many there there's certain companies that I have invested in that I, it is like clockwork. Every single month, I know that I'm going to get this update, and this is what it's going to tell me. And the thing that I uh, that I tell people to to talk about on their their monthly updates is. Here are the highlights. Here are the lowlights. This is the success we've had, and this is where we need help. 
And then you, you continue to have this database or mailing list of investors that you have talked to. And then every month, every other month, every quarter, send them an update. Because the thing is, is that if an investor passes on you, there could be many, many different reasons as to why they did pass on you. It, it, maybe you were too early. Maybe you didn't have enough customers. Maybe you weren't generating, generating enough revenue. But when you capture this and then you send this month after month after month, then you're keeping them informed. And the other big piece is that you don't know who those investors know. And then they can forward that information out. And then you can continue to build your contact, amplify your voice. And you'd be amazed uh, when you do talk to investors, one, how willing they are to help you. And it just be very upfront that this is where I need help. So many founders want to come across as that they know everything, that they don't need any help. But if you talk to people and you say, hey, this is what I need help with, you'd be amazed at how many people will then reach out uh, and try to help you however they can. So use that vulnerability as a strength and um, don't be afraid. You know, good, as I say, good or bad news does not get better over time. So stick to those monthly updates, send those out, be just be religious about, about sending those. And uh, especially when it comes time to right now, the markets are all resetting right now. And everybody is talking about bridge rounds. Everyone's trying to reduce the amount of spending they have, extend their runway as long as possible. And if you're not thinking about that, then that's something that you need to be thinking about. You're reducing costs, extending runway, trying to keep uh, however much money you have in the bank, extending how long you can survive as long as you possibly can. One thing that has been historically been really, really good about this area is we are really, really uh, resourceful with uh, with how we spend our money uh, compared to other places where funding is a lot more is a lot more readily available. Um, but you want to extend that runway as long as you possibly can. But back to my point about uh, investor updates. If you don't, if you're not sending those updates to people uh, on a on a routine basis, especially people that have already written a check to you, and then two, three, four, five, six months goes by, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Hey, what's happening, Tim? I know I haven't talked to you in a little while. Uh, we only have two months of runway left, or we're we're about to run out of cash. You know, can can you help us out?" That's too late. The, this is the, the time to establish and nurture these relationships is during the entire process. So that's where these updates become so important to ensure that you continue to use those over and over and over again uh, to help you out both short term and long term. Um, let's see what else. What? What uh, to do? What is the roadmap for founders in the local area? Uh, that is one thing that it continues to improve and improve over time. Um, so every Wednesday, there's something called One Million Cups. I was just there yesterday at uh, 757 Startup Studios. So uh, One Million Cups, if you've not been there, I encourage you to, to attend, uh, but they will feature uh, a startup company 
early stage company and they'll have six minutes to present and then they, everything is opened up to for question and answer period. So if you're an early stage founder, if you're kicking the tires, you don't know how to get integrated, you don't know how to get involved um, within our ecosystem, start with 1 million cups. Um, start with another founder meetup of some kind. Meet the people that are in attendance and get to know one another. It's going to be a great way for you to... Uh, to, to experience the scene, but sign up to present. And it, it's not a pitch at One Million Cups, but sign up to present your company and just be open to the feedback. Um, people are there, again, people are there to help you. They're not there to judge you, uh, but present your company, get the feedback that you need, um, and then go, go back to the drawing board, work on those things. But uh, another thing that I'm really, really involved with, with the next step is Start Peninsula. That is something that we do uh, three or four times a year. We have a pitch, uh, a, a night where we'll have 10 companies pitch their business. They have three minutes to pitch. It's a two-minute question and answer period uh, asked by a panel of judges. But it's a great way to validate your business. Is this something that I should do and really pursue? And so this is the first time that you can pitch to a panel of judges to find out with that is there validation there? And what do I mean by that? The last thing that we want to see happen or the last thing that I would want to see anyone do is I don't want to see someone max out their credit cards. I don't want to see someone refinance their house. I don't want to see uh, any people quit their job. Find out that you have the right problem that you're trying to solve. Find out that this is something that people are willing to pay for, that you're solving that pain point. Get some feedback from people that have heard pitches before. Find out if that's something that is worth pursuing. And Star Peninsula is by design. That is that first step to validate if that is something that you should do. And the, we, this is our 10th year of doing Star Peninsula. And we have had so much success come from the different companies that have participated uh, we've had instant teams on the show a couple times. They were winners. I want to say it was back in year three. And then they recently uh, had their Series A raise with uh, with Tiger Global, which was awesome. I, th I believe that they raised $13 million there. Um, Busky Cider, well, they were the very first winner of the very first year. Uh, Will, the founder, he did not, he didn't know anything about cider. Uh, he, Went up there, he had the idea, he just pitched. Um, it turned out that he won. He gained the skills that he needed. The He validated the idea. And now he's uh, it's the second largest cidery in the state of Virginia. So um, those, were, those are just two examples of people that have really taken advantage of what Star Peninsula has to offer. Um, what I have found, though, is it's not necessarily the winners that are the ones that are guaranteed success. The people that have been the most successful are the people that take advantage of the opportunity and they continue to work at their craft and they don't stop. And they come back year after year or event after event and they just, they don't quit. Um, but Star Peninsula, starpeninsula.com is the the website. Uh, there's, there's actually a, an event next Next Friday, um, July 22nd, uh, 
I encourage you to uh, to register for that, but it's a meet the resources. So if you want to know uh, what resources are available, we're bringing everybody uh, onto one platform. And instead of entrepreneurs or founders pitching to a panel of judges, we're flipping the script there. We're having all of the people that provide the services, they're now on the clock and they have to pitch to you to so that you can learn in a rapid fashion of who the different organizations are, what services that they offer, how they can benefit you, and then uh, then you can make contact with those uh, with those folks. But we have uh, some great people on on deck to uh, pitch to you all. We have uh, Mike Leving from Patent Portfolio Builders. They've been a great player in this space for uh, three years now. So anyone that has any IP or patent questions, you know, Mike Loving is the guy to talk to, and they will talk to. Uh, anyone uh, just to give them to give, uh, to give founders their initial assessment and help them along the uh, the intellectual property and patent process. Uh, they're going to be talking about things that you need to be thinking about. Uh, we have the Hampton Road Small Business Development Center talking. We have uh, Graham Henshaw, who was our guest last week, talking about what William and Mary and the Entrepreneurship Hub, what they're doing for entrepreneurship. But we have we we're continuing to add to that list. Go to starpeninsula.com, check everything out, register. It's free to attend. And even if you can attend next Friday from 11 to 1, register. The event's going to be recorded. And anyone that registered, we'll go ahead and we're going to ship that. Uh, we'll ship the recording out to you so that you can refer back to it. You can watch it at your convenience. But go to One Million Cups, go to Star Peninsula, validate your idea. And then from there, there you'll become a great uh, candidate for uh, the ICAP program. They're also gonna be talking at the Meet the Resources event, but ICAP, that is, uh, it's, it's the lean startup methodology where you learn how to talk to customers, ask the right questions, find the information that you need um, so that you're solving the right pain points for your customers to increase your chances for success in your business. Um, so go to, go to a program like ICAP, um, you're also teed up to uh, to reside in 757 Startup Studios. Um, the idea after a Star Peninsula is to then you would be uh, ready for something like uh, 757 Accelerate, where we can position you to become a more investable company. And that leads to things to uh, like VIPC, the Virginia Innovation Partnership uh corporation or 757 angels so that when it comes time that you're ready to raise money and raise capital that you're able to do so. So that that's the roadmap for people to, to follow. Start with 1 million cups, go to Star Peninsula, go through ICAP, uh, have a seat at 757 Startup Studios, apply to 757 Accelerate, learn the things that you need to do and uh, then become funded um, at places like 7 by 7 Angels. That's, that's the roadmap that you should follow. Uh, and, and by design that we have done that. Um, what, what's, what's missing in this area? One thing that I would like to see a whole lot more um, is supporting one another. Um, I understand the founders are really, really busy. They have their head down. They're, try, you know, they're trying to, to become... Yeah, to, to generate a successful business in their own right, but uh, I would I, I we need 
to be there to support one another, help promote one another, uh, really embrace that give before you get mentality. That is just, uh, it's something that I would, that, that, that we have to be that rising tide to, to lift all boats. Um, I would love to see 1 million cups packed. I would love everyone to attend Star Peninsula. I would love to see uh, all the different events that are taking place just filled with uh, the different founders, people that support entrepreneurship. Um, but we have to support one another. That is, you know, it's, it's sharing on social. It is spreading the word. It is providing those introductions. Um, that's just something that, that, that quite honestly, I think that we're really, really missing. Um, one of the things that we do at Startwheel is we really, we try so hard to promote all the different businesses uh, and founders as they're doing great things, but it's really, it's, it's a challenge for me to help promote and celebrate the different accomplishments that founders have had and different startups have had in this region. So please, I mean, anything that you've done, send, send me something and then we can make sure that we share it across uh, our platform. We work really, really hard to, uh, to continue to increase that audience. And that's for your benefit. That's not for my benefit. Uh, I mean, we routinely, you know, we're, we're touching 20, 25,000 uh, people every single month. That that's to help celebrate you. That's to help celebrate your efforts. Yeah. And what I do is I'll, I'll tell people that, Hey, you know, so just send me a quick press release. And, and then people hear that word press release. And then all of a sudden they get, they get really, uh, you know, they, they just freeze up and they overthink what a press release is. I, all I'm looking for is something that's 200 to 300 words, two, three paragraphs. I just want to know who you are, what you did, how they can contact you. And then just send me, make sure that you include your social handles and a copy of your logo. That, that's all we're looking for there. And then we can help push the word out and, uh, and, and get you recognized by more and more people uh, across, across our region. But uh, with that, um, another thing too that is really surprising is um, the, the lack of presence on Twitter. Uh, it, it, to me, I interact with so so many different organizations, so many investors, so many different uh, people on Twitter. And so they share so much information that is just so freely available. Uh, and and it's just, you can learn so much from Twitter. And that's just um, one of the things that you may not realize is that we have a uh, just a, a short form for every guest when they appear on the show. We just we do want to know, hey, what are your social media handles um, so that we can we can cross promote? And it, it's stunning to me how many uh, people are don't have that Twitter presence. Um, Twitter is really, really powerful, uh, despite what you may hear in in the media and whatnot uh, that's going on. But Twitter is really, really powerful. Uh, the, the old adage is that uh, Facebook are the friends that you have and Twitter is for the friends that you want to have. And I've been able to extend my network out exponentially. Um, with so many different founders, so many different investors, so many different opportunities um, by uh, through Twitter. And one of the things that I have uh, recently done is uh, 
I started a uh, a group for Virginia founders. So it's just a way that uh, you know. So follow me on Twitter, Ryan TNT. Uh, that's what I am across all the different platforms. But follow me there. I'll add you to the uh, to a private list, um, and then you can be connected with the different um, the uh, all the rest of the the Virginia founders that are in that list. I'm also waiting to get back approval from Twitter uh, to to create a Twitter community so that we can talk there. But uh, it's a great way where people are just posting threads, things that they've learned along the way. Um, that that's just it's another way that we can continue to expand our reach beyond beyond just the the Hampton Roads area. Um, what what a piece. I'm working on a piece right now that, and I haven't shared this with anyone. Um, I put a lot of thought into what we can do to, to make this region stronger, uh, to really embrace the companies that, that we have. So I'll, I'll, this is not super concrete. I haven't really thought this all the way through yet, but one of the things that, um, that the analogy that I want to use that we really need to have this mindset is as we're trying to build our ecosystem, it's much like building a shopping mall. So if you look at what the components of the shopping mall are, everybody, each, each mall has its anchor store and you need those anchor stores on each end of the mall, the different corners. That's what's driving all of the people into the mall. And then in between the different uh, anchor stores, uh, you have smaller companies. And then within the hallways now, for those that still go to shopping malls, um, yeah, we have the different kiosks. And, and, and so as, as I was thinking about this, this is something that I'm like, wow, this whole startup ecosystem that we're trying to build here in Hampton Roads, is, it's much like a shopping mall. And the challenge that we that we have is that everybody wants to be the anchor store, but we have to I, we have to step back and we have to determine who our our anchors who do and we have to get behind those anchors and we have to support them because if we can drive traffic, customers, recognition to these anchors then that's ultimately going to help all of the smaller stores. As people are perusing through our ecosystem, they're going to run into other companies that are also there. They're going to run into earlier stage companies that may be the equivalent of a kiosk. But we have to establish this, this shopping mall type of approach. And so when I look at the footprint of the companies that we have, right now and the companies that, that I have been celebrating more and more, uh, gosh, what almost seems like on a weekly basis. And if we think about who are the anchors that we have right now, Drone Up is certainly one of those anchor stores. I mean, they're getting recognized on a national and global scale. We need to support Drone Up. Uh, we, we need to, the, we have to get behind them and push them. Uh, because if you look at what we currently have in terms of larger footprints, that is the, that's the next generation that we have. Another one that comes to mind 
is SVT Robotics. They recently raised their $25 million Series A. That is going to be another future company of this region. Uh, Instant Teams, IV Watch. These are all, the, to me, those are four companies right now off the top of my head that have that are companies that we need to support. We need to get behind, we need to back, and we need to make sure that they're successful. And the attention that that's going to bring is going to help the next wave of companies and the next wave of companies and the next wave of companies. So we really need to take, take on this mindset, uh, build our shopping mall, if you will, and support them so that we can continue to grow our ecosystem. But if you look at those uh, those companies that I just mentioned, and if you go back to the first uh, the first topic that we talked about, they have been really really successful because they have a team, they have product, they have customers, they've got that flywheel turning, and they're just growing and growing and growing. They also take advantage of every opportunity that they have. Uh, to continue to spread that marketing message, to, gain, to continue to gain that following. Um, so these are all things that, that need to be done. Uh, so support them. And if everybody has this give before you get mentality, we're going to continue to grow uh, what, we, what we have started here. And, and I continue to get so many compliments from places that, quite frankly, I never expected to get compliments from. And they're like, wow, you're this... Your your scene your scene here is really really it's a great scene it's it's really mature I wish that we had something like this. Um, it's tough for me because I've been involved with it for the last ten years, so I it's it's I don't necessarily the the growth is really really slow for me. But when I when I hear stuff like that and I take a step back, I'm like, wow, we've really done a lot. We continue to have a lot to do, but boy, do we really have all of the uh, the building blocks in place in order to continue to grow uh, and put ourselves further and further uh, on the map. So it's, it's really, really exciting from that standpoint. Um, any questions that anyone has, let me know. Um, so where, uh, let's see, where would a local company find funding uh, in the 757? You know, again, that's that's one of these things where you have to refer back to you have to have certain things put in place that that so many people want to raise money. But if they don't have the team, they don't have the product, and they don't have the customers. It's really, really difficult because it, it's just it's not going to happen. I want people to focus on those three things and then the funding is going to, to follow. But sure, um, VIPC. Uh, 757 Angels. Richmond has many different places um, that uh, where you can find funding there. But again, I mean, like uh, referring back to Twitter, I have a I have a, a list that I follow that is just nothing but investors, and it's just a matter of jumping in the mix and finding uh, and following, having a conversation, getting to know those people. That's, uh, you know, that's where you're going to define the right people. Now, with that, um, it's not a matter of just following every single investor that you can find and thinking that and then just reaching out to them, sharing your pitch deck 
and then expecting there to be that funding is going to is going to follow a lot of work really needs to go into finding that right investor and i and i don't think a lot of uh, uh, a lot of founders understand that so every investor every every group every firm they're all going to have their their own investment thesis they're going to have a certain area in which they are going to invest in they're going to have a certain stage in which they're going to invest in. Um, and there's there's going to be different governance that's put in place for uh, that that is going to control how much they're able to invest or you know, perhaps, uh, so one of the things that happened uh, a while ago was when, when Tesla was on their rise that was just out of control was that, that uh, Tesla became so va valuable that companies could only have part of their governance process was we only can have a company in our portfolio that makes up a certain percentage of the overall portfolio. And so once Tesla became so valuable, then that forced them to have to sell some of their uh, position because they needed to balance uh, how much the different companies made of their portfolio. So what I'm saying here is that, that different companies have different governances in place. So they may not invest in early stage. They may not invest in seed stage. Uh, they may not invest in series A. So if, you, if you're contacting somebody and you're an early stage founder and you reach out to someone who's, who's looking for growth stage or series A, series B type funding, um, they're not the right people for you. Uh, you need to. You know, so this is very much like uh, looking at the sales process when you're prospecting who your uh, your sales pipeline. Investors are going to be the same way because not every single investor is going to be the right investor for you. Um, so you need to to really prospect who these people are, uh, who these organizations are, and understand what it is. That, uh, that they do, who they invest in, and at what stage. That that's going to save you. It's going to take a little bit, bit of work up front, but over time, it's going to save you a lot of time uh, over the long run. And just because someone's willing to write a check to you doesn't mean that they're going to be the right person to invest with. I mean, you. Uh, th this is very much a marriage, and once you bring someone on the that cap table, uh, that's going to be a long-term type of relationship and different investors, they have different things that they're looking for. Some investors are going to be really, really hands-off. Some of them are going to be really, really hands-on. So you need to know what type of investor that you're looking for. Uh, do you want, are you going to bring uh, someone on board because they have an expertise in your area uh, that you're working on? And that would be a great fit. If you are just looking for someone to write a check stay hands off uh, so that uh, that you can you have the playbook and that you want to uh, to implement. That's a different type of investor uh, as well. So you need to determine that. Um, some investors, you, know, you need to know uh, how long of a, of a leash that you may have. So what do I mean by that? Typically, it's going to take seven to 10 years to determine what your future is going to be. Are you going to be acquired? Best case scenario, you're going to have an IPO. Uh, you need to understand how much, you know, how much patience that an investor is going to have. Are they going to look for their money sooner? 
Are they, do they understand that, yeah, this is going to take a long time and I write checks with a 10 year funding cycle in mind, knowing that I may not see anything, uh, a, a result for the next 10 years. These are all things that you need to think about. And I mean, obviously uh, it goes almost without saying that you need to be able to understand and get along with, from a personality standpoint, uh, uh, with the person that you're going to be working with and investing with. Uh, because again, not everybody is going to be the, that that right person to uh, to take on. And it's, so it's not a matter of just accepting any and every check that may come your way. And uh, especially in the early, early stages, because that's going to put everything in place uh, when it comes to your cap table and then future rounds of funding when you are looking to raise more funding. So with that, I, I do work with a handful of companies to help them uh, to get prepared for investment. Um, and another thing that uh, mentioning cap table, all that stuff has to be really, really clean. And the other thing that you need to think about is, is having a folder that you create that is just, it's a due diligence folder and you have everything in one place um, so that when you are in a conversation with an investor, if it's on Google Drive or Dropbox or whatever uh, file sharing platform that you have, you, know, you have that. And then when you have that conversation, all that stuff is prepped and ready to go. And it's just a matter of sharing that, uh, that folder with the, uh, the investor or the company that you're talking to. And so, you know, and with that, you want to make sure that you have your IP assignments. Everybody that, uh, that has worked with you in the past, they, there should be a document signed stating explicitly stating that the IP is the property of the company um, and not, not the property of the person that you hired. And so again, that's why we have someone from Mike Loving on, uh, that's going to be uh, meet the resources because they understand the ins and outs of intellectual property. So if you have, if you brought somebody on board and they wrote all the code to your, uh, to your platform and they didn't sign the proper IP paperwork, and then you go to raise future money, that's something that you're going to need. And that can hold up the whole process of getting your company funded. So you need to have all that in place. So you have one folder for all your IP paperwork. You have another folder with all your bank statements. You have another folder with all of your organizational documents, all that stuff that's put in place so that when the time comes and you have somebody that is re that's really interested, you go into the due diligence process, you're not going to take longer than is needed to enter into that process because more than likely, more more times than not, when a, when you go into due diligence with a, with a company, uh, on the investor side, they're you're, they're entering due diligence with the intention to write a check. Um, so the easier that you can make that process, the more proactive you can be, have that stuff ready to go, because they're going to want to verify if you're if you're talking about how much runway that you have and then you you have. Six months. Uh, if you if you have eighteen months of runway, that's what's on your pitch deck, um, and then you go into the due diligence process, and then and within there you have your bank statements, and then you also have your accounting reports, and then someone looks and they're like, okay, you have a hundred thousand dollars in the bank, uh, and you're burning twenty thousand dollars a month. 
Yeah, then you have this, according to my calculations, you have five months of runway. You told us you had 18. You know, there's a miss there. So you need to have all that stuff put in place so that you can make that process much easier. Uh, so that's another topic that I didn't uh, talk about was runway. And when it comes to raising money, that's just something that now, I mean, before 12 to 18 months was the number that you wanted to have in terms of runway. And what I mean by that is if you didn't generate any revenue and this is how much that you were spending each month on your business, you divide that number with the amount of uh, money that's in your bank, you calculate that number, uh, and that's how many months that you can survive before you run out of money. So just like uh, the name suggests, you're on a runway. Uh, the plane only has so, so many feet that it has to take off before bad things happen. So you want to make sure that you you're, you're always focused on runway. Um, but now, as everything is being reset, you want to have two years or more of runway. And I understand if you're an early stage startup, it, I mean, that's, that seems like it's completely impossible. But the thing about it is, is always having that in mind so that when you're as if you have a big win, that is just not like, hey, this is time to party. This is time to celebrate. And then you you just blow all that money um, and then it's gone. You need to continue to, to over time build that runway so that when you have that, you know, when the, the rainy day comes or we have tough times like we have right now, or if COVID was to happen all over again, that you have that cushion uh, that you can survive off of. So focus on the runway, focus on reducing your costs. It is just, uh, it is overwhelming to me the number of investor updates that I get now that that is the number one focus that they have is cutting costs, trying to save as much money as they can. Before it was always we're focused on growth, growth, growth. We'll spend as much money as we uh, have to in order to generate that growth. Um, and if we have to raise money later that we can. But now it is, uh, hey, we'll we'll get the growth but right now we're focused on product. We're focused on saving money um, in the growth numbers. Yeah, that is, that's in more moderation now because we understand that these are difficult times that we have to get through. Um, that's, where, that's where the focus is. With that, um, that's that, I mean, that, that just really where it needs to be your focus because it's going to take 12 months for you to raise another round of funding. Uh, so knowing that it could take up to 12 months uh, for, for you to, to get everything set, you start meeting with people and before you, you are able to close everything out, that, that could be a 12 month process. So before when uh, things were just flying like crazy and money was uh, seemed like it was falling from the sky, you could have 12 to 18 months of runway and that wouldn't be a problem. Well, now as more and more due diligence go, uh, is taking place, valuations are starting to come down. That process is much slower. So with, with that process being slower, you need to, slow down your spending so that when that uh, is so as that process slows down and everything needs to catch up, you can 
you can land that plane or hopefully keep that plane flying in the air without having to, to come back down because that is just um at least for me that is one of the, the the things that i look at is all right how much how much runway do they have how many months you know can they survive because the longer they can stay flying the better off you're going to be um so that is just really something that needs to be focused upon cannot stress that enough uh any other questions that are out there man i didn't expect to go this long but we are um 40 48 minutes into this show um one thing that too uh, that i do my best uh what's the best way to contact me just just to, is just to reach out and contact me um I am really, really approachable. Uh, Ryan TNT on all LinkedIn, Twitter. That's the way to find me. Uh, just reach out and contact me. If I haven't, if I haven't met you or I haven't talked to you, it's for no other reason than the fact that um, we just haven't had the chance to meet. And I try to meet as many people as I can. Like I said yesterday, uh, I was at One Million Cups, and it was awesome. I had a chance to meet several new people um, and more and more people are looking to get into the startup game and I love it and I want to help them and I want to encourage them and do whatever I can to help theirs, uh, help them succeed. But it's not you know, the reason that we haven't reached uh, that I haven't reached out or uh, haven't talked to you is just the opportunity hasn't presented itself. So please um, I open up my calendar uh, to, to anybody. I would love to hear about what you have going on. If you have any questions, I would love to talk to you help you out, guide you. Um, I've been in this game for a, a long time. Everything started uh, with opening a business incubator for uh, the greater Williamsburg area. And I worked with a lot of different founders and we did a lot of really cool things. Um, we built something that was really, really special. And I learned so much along the way and it, to now see some of those companies doing the great things that they're doing, it's awesome. It, it, it's reassuring to me that we didn't get everything completely wrong. We may have uh, made a, a misstep there, but uh, everything is you can you can overcome everything, uh, anything, as long as you're proactive, you're honest, um, you're doing the right thing, you're attempting to do the right thing, you're not hiding anything, you're not lying, you're not misleading people. Um, but my time uh, running the business incubator was really, really, uh, that was a great way for me to learn, meet with founders and understand what the pain points are and help them. And as I then transitioned into the start wheel role to be able to meet more and more founders to understand what the overall ecosystem looks like, to see how we can better coordinate everything uh, that gave me a, a better appreciation uh, of what is out there, how to nav navigate those challenges. And then as I transitioned into the uh, to the angel investing role, that, that was also another great opportunity for me. So I understood founders. I understood their pain points. I understood you know, what they had in them in order to be increase their likelihood of success. But then when it comes time to like, writing a check that, you know, that that's a whole different level of things that, 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 that go through your mind that you, and unless you do it, you don't really understand. And I didn't think that that was the case, uh, until I was there. And then, and now I, I totally understand that. 
but I, I share all that just in the sense of I've been through the a big part of that process. Um, I am now to the point now where I'm starting to see um, an acquisition uh, from one of the companies um, looking to see people ray uh, companies raise uh, additional funding rounds. Um, so this is, I'm continuing to build that, uh, my learning process, but, uh, I dedicate a ton of my time to, to learning all of this so that I can be an advocate for you so that I can help you. Um, one of the things that's just so overwhelming to me is running start wheel. There's a ton of stuff that's going on. If you looked at what our, uh, what our region looked like 10 years ago, there might be one or two events that was happening over, uh, a month. And now there's this, uh, it's just growing like crazy in the sense of now we need to put measures in place to really coordinate everything that's going on. So before it was, hey, we don't, we don't have enough events that are happening to now people reaching out to me saying, Tim, I only have so much time to go out and market myself, to go out and network, to meet new people. What what events do I need to attend to that are going to be the most value and be the best use of my time? I, now, all of the events that we have, we lift, we list them on uh, startwheel.org slash events. Um, but we now, consistently every month, we have 40 plus events that uh, that are taking place every single month. And if you look at uh, over the course of uh, 20 days, 40 events, uh, not a whole lot happens over the weekends, but you're talking, uh, you know, there's, that's multiple events that are taking place each day. And a lot of times um, there's multiple events happening on the same day at the same time. And that's not helping anyone. What we need to do is we need to continue to build that density. We need to bring as many people together as we possibly can so that we can learn who one another are, help each other succeed, be uh, the sounding board for one another. But so when we have events that are uh, that are conflicting with one another, we're doing the opposite of what we need to be doing because we're instead of building that density, of people in the uh, in the audience, we're taking away from that de density, and it doesn't help anybody. Uh, one of the things that I always say is that you know, what, whatever event that you're going for is awesome, and that whatever material that you're going to learn is great. But really, the most value there is the people that you're going to meet, the collisions that are going to happen, the things that take place from the people that are in the audience. That is just as just as important, if not more important than the event that you're going to itself. So talk to one another, let's connect with one another on Twitter, let's start a conversation, let's support one another. We can coordinate what events that we're going to, to go to, what meetups that we can attend, and we can uh, we can help one another. We can succeed. We can, we can totally do this. Uh, we can take this to the next level. Uh, it's only going to help one another. I encourage you all to to just to reach out to me. More than happy to help uh, you, guide you, lead you wherever you need to go, and let's build something great. We uh, we we have an increasing amount of attention that is on us right now, uh, and, and this is our time to shine. Things are really starting to 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 gel together. So let's do it. If you have job openings, go to Start Wheel. You can list if you're a startup. 
if you're a founder and if you're if you have a job, if you if you're looking for uh, someone to help you, you can post that for free. Um, super easy. Anybody can do it. We're all inclusive. Post it and then take advantage of it so that uh, that we can continue to build this. Because the thing about it is, if we can if we can show all the different open positions uh, that are taking place, then now we're looking at data and it really shows. Wow, we there's a lot that's happening here. There's x 50 positions that are open um that's now we have some concrete numbers but right now it's really easy for people to say oh man you know i mean i've not really heard a lot of great things about this area um but if we can back that up with real data and that's something that we're working really really hard to do is show that data you know how many startups do we have how are they growing how many open positions do we have? These, once we're able to illustrate all that and we are actively working on doing it, it completely changes the narrative. So again, going back to like DroneUp, DroneUp is now, they're at the scale where they're able to bring people from San Francisco, bring people from Austin to relocate to this area to help them. So we have got to, once we have that information, this is going to have a snowball effect so that we continue to grow uh, our region, strengthen the ecosystem that we have in place. And it's just going to continue to benefit everybody. It's not just startup founders. It's not just investors. I mean, people need to go someplace to eat. People need to shop at different places. People need to live somewhere. This is just something that all of this stuff works together. And don't underestimate the importance that you have as a founder. Don't underestimate what you uh, are able to do for this region to, to increase the quality of life for everybody. Everyone says it. This is a great place to live. It's a great place. So take advantage of it. Let's jump in. Let's work together. Um, and uh, you know, we'll reconvene and, and a few months. Hopefully you don't have another cancellation uh, with that, but you know, I'm happy to, happy to talk to anyone. Don't be a stranger, Kim. I, uh, I completely, uh, I agree. Thank you so much. Um, the number of events that we have listed um, is it's, a, it's amazing how much it grows. And if you are not registered to receive our newsletter, that's something that we ship out every single Tuesday goes out every Tuesday morning. What we do, we, uh, we recap, the news that happened uh, around the region for the previous week. We list the events that are happening for the upcoming week. And then we have a recap of the Fervent Four show. We have the past couple of guests. So if you missed one, uh, that you can uh, rewatch it there. And then we uh, we have the, the job listing. So it's, it's designed to be a super quick email. We don't spam everybody. You know, it's just so please, I encourage you all to uh, to sign up for the newsletter goes out every single Tuesday. Again, this is there to uh, to help the company. So when I say the news from the previous week. That's when if a customer, a company or a founder sends me something that said, hey, we just did this. We just raised money. We just launched our product. We just opened uh, at this location. That's the stuff that we share that stuff. Everything is consolidated. It's just totally focused on entrepreneurship. And it's just, it's a really quick blast. I mean, 
always you can go to starwheel.org and look at all the news that we have. That's starwheel.org slash news. Um, we're there for you. This is this is a resource for you. We always work to keep this free for founders. I don't think that we have charged a founder for anything. Um, the last thing that you can do, subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're a founder and you want to be on the show, apply to be on the show um, and help spread the word. That's, that's bring uh, everyone on board. And uh, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk with everyone. And we'll catch you next week for episode. I don't know if we'll be episode 117 again. I don't know. Maybe I don't, we'll figure out the naming convention. But uh, thanks, everybody. It was it was great to see you all. So long.